Yo, 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 what is good, everybody? Welcome to Mount Draftmore. The core four is in the building, ready to draft again. Today, we are doing Disney animated characters. I am Ben Jammin, and I am surrounded by the rest of the crew. Matt, Matty Ice. What's up? Dylan, what's good? Hello. Dustin. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Hello, good day. Welcome to the studio. Good Welcome one, to the war room. I'm giddy. My blood's flowing. <laughs> we have the draft order ready. I'm like, oh my goodness, Disney animated characters. This this could get contentious. That's the point, though. Yeah, that is the, the point. The goal is simple. The results are contested. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But before we get into that, let's do a quick check-in. Gee, I'd sure like to hear about all the fun things you've been doing. We'll send it around the opposite direction. Dustin, how you doing today? I am doing pretty good. The sun is staying out a little bit longer. We're past the shortest day of the year. And in Seattle, man, our longest day of the year, it's something. It's so awesome. It just, I love it. I love spring. We're getting closer to spring. Can't wait. Yeah, it's like those every day you see, it's a little lighter, a little longer. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, yeah. it's weird because it doesn't necessarily get lighter earlier, but it gets lighter faster. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm doing good. Is it my turn to talk? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, uh, I guess one. Okay. Y'all, I have a book recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. I read this book called Mexican Gothic and it's so fucking good. It's set in the 1950s, like upper crust of Mexican society in Mexico city, uh, horror, like Gothic horror book. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's really good. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, I, in fact, I would love to reread it. So yeah. Book recommendation. Big D's book club. Nice. nice. There you go. <laughs> For whatever reason, when you said, like, hello at the beginning, it made me just think of, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, what's I have, you know, I've been thinking about something ever since we, we recently did the sports mascot draft about our new, up. we've talked about this a lot, our upcoming Seattle NHL franchise, the Seattle Kraken. What will our, like, guy in a suit, like, mascot be? Yeah. I have some personal opinions on this that I would like to see, especially knowing that one of our owners is Jerry Bruckheimer, of Pirates of the Caribbean production fame. I mean, it's just, I feel like it's set up perfectly. Like Davy Jones as the Kraken mm. mascot. Oh, I'd love to see it. Like, a, you you know, like the pirate with the, the beard. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the tentacles one. Yeah. I think that'd look badass. So that, that's mm. on my mind right now. I'm thinking yeah. Davy Jones would be a perfect. Jerry Bruckheimer already knows it. The production's <laughs> going to be off the hook. That would be sick. They have like a black pearl that comes in the stadium or they have a section that they like create into. It's going to be so dope. Like I'm looking so forward to it. That could be themed very cool. Yeah. Very cool. cool. Maybe not necessarily the mascot, but definitely a lot of the merch that I'm seeing like pop up from independent people. Headless Squidward's popping out there with cracking right. stuff, and I'm like, yes, I want that bobblehead. Yes. <laughs> Dude, they're going to sell it like a crap ton of like kids' merchandise of just like Squidward shirts where he's wearing like a Kraken jersey. Yes. Like, that's so easy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Layup. <laughs> <laughs> easy layup. There's lots of good things to be consuming, to be watching. I'm happy we have some Marvel back in our lives. Yes. It's been a long time, but with WandaVision on Disney+, yeah. Plus, it's like, and we're a little bit in now. No spoilers. Won't talk about it at all, but... It's nice to have Marvel Marvel back and 
looking forward to getting more Marvel and Star Wars stuff. I love the Star Wars shit that mm-hmm. they're doing. We say it all the time, but Disney Plus. There's a reason why they have two thirds of the amount of viewers that Netflix does after one year. It's because Damn. Yeah, isn't that fucking crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. Because they're about to like hit gold. Uh, yo, by the way, speaking of hitting gold, you hear about the new Star Wars games in development? <gasps> oh, yeah, the open world yeah, one? Yeah, dude, that's yes. going to be sick. Oh, my God. Uh, dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what the characters are going to be like. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking back to my experience. Did any of y'all play Knights of the Old Republic? Yep. Yes. Mm. Oh, that shit was yes. so dope. Um, so I don't know if they can rekindle some of that. I know it, that's Bioware, totally different company, but I mean, you, you'd have to think about it. again. We're going going to extreme death in this, but you'd have to think of kind of like the post Empire Republic. That's just set up for perfectly for open world of yeah. just like the you know the New Republic figuring shit out, and they got to go world to world to world to world to world world and like kind of defeat the remnants of the Empire. So well, yeah. and I'm like, what yeah. kind of game is it? Is it like a computer game where it's going to be huge, like World of Warcraft or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or will it be like Spider-Man on PS4 where yeah. it's that level of open world? I don't know. Torn between having Jedi in a game. They're so OP. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. Although there are people who can, I mean, like a Mandalorian could arguably sometimes take on a Jedi. They did fight in a war against the Jedi, so. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the draft. It's Disney animated characters. The draft order is going to be myself leading, Dustin, Dylan, and then Matt. Round one. And boy, we were talking. In each draft, there seems to be, there's always that one pick where you say, that's the one that has to go first. We call that the McDonald's dilemma. Yeah, it's the McDonald's (laughs) dilemma. And sometimes, and most of the time, you abide by it. But today, ah, God damn <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm abiding by it or not. Oh, no. Yeah. Damn. The McDonald's, keyboard cowboys. <laughs> the McDonald's dilemma. It does it to you again. So I'm going to go with Mickey Mouse. Yep. Oh, shit. For the first pick. One one. Yep. I know. I'm so disappointed in myself. <sighs> I I wanted that for the easy layup second. I didn't want the dilemma of the first, but I wanted the like oh value at number two. Yeah, because you know it has to go in the first round. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, and it's so important. It's look, the three most recognizable symbols on the planet: Santa Claus, Jesus, and Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. They transcend any like mortal being. They are he is he is more than just a character. He is an icon. Yep. Dating back to 1928 when he made his debut, he's gone from silent black and white cartoons all the way up to color. He's been in feature length films. Um, I mean, he's done everything. He's done ad campaigns. He's been blimps at the Macy's Day Parade. He like every child wants to get their picture with Mickey Mouse. They want to see Mickey Mouse. The rest of the crew is loved, yes, but Mickey is the wholesome face of Disney. He is what carries helps carry Walt's legacy on. So Mickey has to be the first pick. My person, and he's my like he's my favorite character. I love Mickey. He's awesome. And Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey, oh, all time classic. Fantasia, yeah, hell yeah. Those ears, iconic. Man, Fantasia was great, by the way. It was. Ahead of its time, too. It was ahead of its time. Like, it was... 
completely out of everyone's mind when Walt was like, we need to do that shit. He's like, we need to set animations to classic to classic pieces yeah. of music. Mm-hmm. All right, Dustin, it's oh. on to you. The Band-Aid's been ripped off. Oh, shit. <laughs> you should have seen this roll off. Like we've said before, we have a 30-sided dice. Ben and I rolled 30. Roll off again. Both rolled 14. Both stressed about this. If anyone is a mathematician, please tell us what the sti- like. what is the statistical chance of that happening. Gotta be small. And now, at first I was like, man, I don't really want that either. It's a big burden having number one. There's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh, shit, kind of wish I had number one. <laughs> M-O-U-S-E. Part of that is because I grew up, yes, I did watch Disney. I don't know what it is about my memory. I need to like, go back and rewatch everything. I just like have a hard time remembering exactly like every single scene from all the movies I grew up loved, you know, loved watching. <sighs> and I also just don't know what necessarily is number one. There are characters I like, characters that are more famous, bigger followings. Damn. I'm going to have to go with Mulan. Damn it. No! Damn it. No! I was hoping that I could sneak that one in later. Just because, like, thinking about, obviously we are all our social studies people here. There are actual times in history where that shit happens, where because of, like, weird society, gender norms, they're like, no, you can't serve in the military, or no, you can't do this, you're a woman, you can't do that. So, you know, I kind of like it when you're seeing these movies that are... Yeah, they, they got funny characters. You're a kid. You're like, hey, this is cool. I love this. And they're swords. I love swords when I was a little kid. But then they're actually talking about some political stuff and just huge fan following. I mean, there are other movies that they make live action, you know, that come out and all that stuff. But I definitely know Mulan, loved, soundtrack. I actually danced in high school in this all-male pageant show to, um, what's that? We're going to make you a man. What's that one? How does that one go? Sing it with me. Ah, uh, why am I blanking? I don't know. I don't know. You're it's looking like, at me like I know <laughs> that song. I have no idea what Matt that song Dillon. is. No clue. Ah, oh, what? Oh my god. Wait, are you talking about from Mulan? Yes. Wait. Oh. Oh. Uh, you know Mulan. what? It is. Make a man. Be a man. Yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> With all the strength of a coursing river. We that song's man. <laughs> yeah. So I was in a male pageant to that show, and we all came out and did an opening number to that. Which I actually thought was very appropriate. And then we had our individual runoffs. I'm talking about that because it's my glory days. I won. <laughs> no, that's a good pick. And I, now I feel like a fucking dumbass because you were looking at me like, you know that song. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking Like, <laughs> I was so zoned out. Yeah. I w- honestly, I was still caught up in the whole Mickey thing. So I was like, yep. God damn it. I hope the guy I thought should have been picked <laughs> doesn't get picked. Yeah. Mulan, that's a solid pick. She's like the first Disney female of significance, like mm-hmm. a lead Disney female who is, yeah, yeah, she's not a not, not held to yeah, a, a yeah, not held to a restrictive, not the role. dam, not the traditional damsel in distress, yep. straight yeah. up badass, survive <laughs> riding a horse through an avalanche. Woo-woo. All right. All right. Who's it on to next? On to Dylan. Yeah. Uh, that's tough. You you picked one right out of my arsenal, but that's okay. I'm going... <clears throat> oh, God. I'm torn now between two. Uh, but I think I'm going to pull one from classic Disney canon, and hopefully I can get one on the switchback here. Uh, Goofy. All right? He's Goofy's been to. around for a long time, and he's mm. gone through many iterations. Um 
uh, do you, I'm not going to go through those. I want to talk about Goofy from the Goofy movie one and two. Single father, Dude, raising he's... his kid Max, mm-hmm. who uh, is, you know, typical teenager, somewhat ungrateful. That's, you know, it's hormones, all right? Um, and I just, I don't know. When I was growing up, I, I think maybe because my parents were a little bit more distant, I looked at Goofy, I was like, damn, like, I want that. You know what I mean? Like, Goofy was trying so hard to be there for his kid and just doing the things that his dad, you know, did for him. Uh, and But then there was some growth there because Goofy actually discovered who Max really is and what Max is interested in and and was cool enough to pursue that and not and also not be a cock block. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my so, um, <laughs> pardon my terminology. Um, but, yeah, so Goofy... He's just a great guy. In Goofy movie two, he actually goes back to school to support his family. Like, so he's he's a stand-up he's trying dude. his best, yeah. He really is. Um, Goofy's a winner. I don't know where his wife is. There's actually no, there's, I mean, there's nothing that, there's no canon regarding his wife, um, where she is. We don't know. So, uh, yeah, Goofy. I love Goofy. Goofy. Nice. Yeah, Matt, you're up. So this is, it, it's tough because there's like there's so many directions you could take, but I feel like the first round is where you do got to live in the real like iconic status, and then you can take your draft in several different directions. You have such a fucking good draft spot. I know. Damn it. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with again one of the originals, Donald Duck. Right? He's again. I think you were talking. He's goofy in his own right. Doing yeah. the no pants dance. All right. He's. <laughs> <laughs> he's a silly character in his own right. Again, he's just uh, he's in the upper echelon of like original Disney characters. He's in there with Mickey. He's in there with Goofy. Donald Duck. He has very. He kind of goes on his own tangents with his own, you know, Scrooge McDucks of the world, oh, and all that's possible yeah. because of Donald Duck. Um, again, when you're talking about Disney properties and Disney animated characters, Donald Duck. He's he's silly character but he is objectively one of the iconic ones. So I've got to pick that in the first round. Yeah, great pick. Good, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm bummed. (laughs) Donald was who I wanted to pick first round, but I felt restricted. I felt I had to take Mickey. I mean, really, like, honestly, though, I don't know. Like, would it have been a bad first pick? No, it would have been a good first pick. Like, I'm I'm sitting here looking at Matt. I'm like, yo, did you want to trade? Donald's picks. Because I can, I like, I, I, I like Mickey more. Mickey, I hold higher in like my character list personally, but the relevance of Donald historically, like they're, they're cool in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw more Donald cartoons growing up that I enjoyed. I didn't see that many Mickey cartoons that I enjoyed that much. It's because Mickey was so early on and Mickey really like, he was so much in the early phases, and he was such a squeaky clean character, like mm-hmm. attaboy character. Yeah. Um, that That's why the role characters like Goofy and Donald were elevated, because they had they had more of those personality traits that were more recognizable, yeah. like Donald's anger management. <laughs> right? yeah. He does have Goofy, temper. Yeah. Goofy's, a, Goofy's aloofness and uh, clumsiness. Yeah. Like, those things were... Were, were more funny like you could you could do more comedic things with that so and it also made donald duck like i'm gonna sell people on donald here which sucks but donald ends up being the face of 
most of the propaganda for us during World War II. Yep. Oh. Because Walt gets lit. Yeah, Walt basically gets hit up by the government and they're like, hey, we need to have you produce all of our, our films. It, it originally starts with Cong- Congress passes a new bill that's going to institute like more inc- like people paying income tax. It's actually adding 15 million people into the income tax bubble. And people don't want to pay their fucking taxes. Shocker. <laughs> so, the, so the treasury hits up Walton is like, hey, we need you to help us get people to want to pay taxes. And he's like, how the fuck am I supposed to do that? Like, you should be doing that. Put them in jail if they don't. Well, I'm you an know, animator. it's hard to prosecute 15 million people. And he's like, okay, well, we'll put the spin on it. Like, it's patriotic to pay your taxes. And they used Donald for mm-hmm. that. And then as the war picked up, Walton, Disney animation cat got basically roped into producing more and more propaganda films, like anything from instruction videos for servicemen to like stuff for citizens on the home front in terms of like um, saving uh, resources, like trying to eat minimally and helping preserve like rope and all, you know what I mean? All that shit. Um, And Donald is like the face of the Coast Guard. He was the mascot of the Coast Guard. He's obviously Oregon's mascot was inspired by him. Like, He's super impactful in the culture and in history. Um, yeah, Donald Duck's dope. There's a controversial cartoon called The Fuhrer's Face where there's like a caricature of Hirohito, Mussolini, and not Hitler, someone else. But they're basically like rolling through Donald's house and they have him like working on a munitions like assembly line. And he's it, it's it's obviously a piece of propaganda and a lot of people are like, Oh man, it's it shows that Disney was a Nazi, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, he was the very end. Donald wakes up in America and he's like, Oh, praise God. God. (laughs) Yes. I'm not. Yeah. It's comedic, but anyways, that was a long ramble. Why Donald duck was a great first round pick. Good job, Matt. Thank you. Good job. You got some facts for us. I do. Let's hear them. All right, so an interesting little uh, kind of behind the scenes about original. As we know, most films, most cartoons, you name it, have original drafts, and then you have a final draft, right? Sometimes there can be pretty significant changes between the original draft and the final cut that gets released in theaters, whatever that might look like. I want to focus in on one of the biggest jerks of the Disney franchise in terms of anime characters, Gaston. Ooh. All right, (laughs) talk about a big asshat, this guy. But nevertheless, in the original cut of Beauty and the Beast, Gaston's last scene went very differently. In fact, he was much more violent than, than self-absorbed, destructive, as he's shown to be in the final version. How so? Well, during his battle with the Beast, his line, Bell is mine, was actually supposed to be, Time to die! <laughs> <laughs> but it was changed because it was too nasty. However, if you watch closely, you'll see that his lips are still animated to fit the original line. Also, as if that wasn't bad enough, Gaston's death played out very differently as well. Instead of slipping and falling off the roof like a dumbass, that doesn't actually say this in this article, but I'm improvising here. Uh, Instead of falling (laughs) off the roof of the castle as he does in the final version, Gaston was originally supposed to stab the beast in the back and then willingly jump off the roof to his death, laughing the whole way down. (laughs) The thought process was that if he couldn't have Belle, then the beast couldn't either. What a jerk. So wow. yeah. a little bit of behind the scenes of, uh, again, this guy is an asshole. Damn, Gaston. Yeah. We see you. But he <laughs> ate a fuck ton of eggs. I, I love his theme song, though. No one 
Like Gaston. Yes. He, he does <laughs> all of his that. decorating with antlers, okay? Yeah. He, he likes to th- talk about himself in the third person, too. It's just... It's like when, <laughs> when he was a lad, he ate like four dozen eggs every morning to help him get large. But now that he's grown, he eats five dozen eggs. So he's roughly the size of a barge. <laughs> that line has never made sense to me. And I'm like, so wait, when you were young, you ate 48 eggs. If my math is correct, four, four dozen. dozen. Yeah. And now that you're grown, you can only eat 12 more. Like, how big of a child were you? (laughs) It doesn't seem like that big of a, like, if you were, when I was a kid, I could eat two corn dogs. As an adult, I should eat four. How come you can't eat eight dozen eggs? Yep. And this is like France in what time period? Like, like 1800 sometime yeah, like between like, like 1500 to 1700 somewhere in there they have like, 1700s they have, yeah they have like straw roofs and shit anyways but yeah isn't that crazy that he's originally supposed to say time to die fucking <laughs> <laughs> nuts oh yes. yeah oh, that's crazy all right well round 1's in the books round 2 matt you're going again yeah and again it's just like there is a lot of choices to be had I am going to take a little bit of a different route, and I'm actually going to pick a villain with my second pick. I'm going to pick one of the most iconic Disney animated villains, Cruella DeVille. Nice! Yeah, that was on my list, God damn it. Okay. All right. She, 101 Dalmatians, just a classic, classic movie franchise that spawns several different iterations. And Cruella DeVille is like the first, like, bad bitch on the block. Mm -hmm. Like, she's out here saying, I'm going to, like, really animal cruelty let's yeah. be honest here but nevertheless she's the unabashed about it she's like yeah i'm gonna steal these dogs i'm gonna do what i want i'm cruella deville right and her name is kind of synonymous with being a bad person yep all right think about how that seeped into like the ether of like our <laughs> just how we speak and like the, our the colloquialisms we use like you can tell it hey stop being a cruella deville like that's that's part of our like Ability to communicate. So she's iconic. Yeah. She's bad on so many levels. She gets what's coming to her, but nevertheless, she's iconic. So I'm going to take a little bit of a different route with second round pick, pick a villain, Cruella DeVille. She's nice. perfect, though, for a, like m- so many kids watching. She's perfect for like an animated villain because yeah. what do kids love? Animals. Puppies. What do they not understand? Mostly passion. Like, Kids don't fucking care what they wear. Yeah. Like they're going out there just like, ha, 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 it's rainy today. I'm all covered in mud, and I put on like a tutu on the bottom and a random ass shirt. I have no conception of fashion. A villain killing animals for fashion? Perfect. 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 Yeah, she's the devil who wears Prada, right? Like the the OG version of that. Yeah, Ooh. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Like it was yes. one of my favorites. For that reason, it was like, oh, the puppies are so cool. Mm. And why is this broad so fucking crazy? <laughs> but one thing, Cruella has a badass car. Oh, yeah, she yeah. drives yeah. Like, she her badass car. car. And, dude, she drives in the snow like yeah. a fucking she maniac. Give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. All, All right. right. Good pick. Nice. Uh, also, if you pick apart her name, it's Cruel Devil. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's Damn. like hiding in plain sight. Pretty wild. Uh, okay, who am I going to pick? I'm going to go with Genie from Aladdin. Nice. Solid. Um, so <clears throat> I think Robin Williams made this performance. Um, I'm not sure at the time who else could have done it uh, just to that level. I mean, Williams was like ad-libbing like crazy in studio and you know 
the animators worked with what they got, which was <laughs> a lot of random, pure comic gold. When you as and a lot also, I'll say this: um, if you look at the film n- now, it still holds up. It's still really goofy and funny, but like a lot of the <laughs> references um, are, are they're, they're definitely dated for sure. Um, but I don't know. I I just think it's really iconic performance. Um, if he's a bombastic character, full of heart and warmth, he's a supportive buddy. There's definitely a bromance going there between Aladdin and Genie, even though Aladdin's kind of a spoiled brat. Um, not spoiled, just kind of selfish a little bit. Um, until he sets Genie free. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it makes me think. Of, we've talked about this too when we were talking about winter holiday movies of like character portrayals of like you can only imagine the one person like being perfect for that role and i think you're right i think robin williams as the genie is just right place right time like the stars aligned mm-hmm. and now can you imagine somebody else being the genie i it's it's robin williams i haven't right? seen will smith's performance so i'm not going to comment on it i don't know um i just know that at that time at that point in time i think robin williams was the man for the, the right job. place right time right yeah. then yeah you're right Good job, Genie. Dustin, you're up. This whole draft is like a dilemma. I know every pick is like pulling teeth. Yeah. It's like fuck. I have like this movie is a Disney classic, so I know I have to get a character from it. I have my personal favorite, and then I have what I think will round out my team a little bit more evenly. I guess there's always the honorable mention. (laughs) I'm going to play to win, baby. (laughs) I'm going to go with Scar from The Lion King because I think I need a villain on my team. Mm -hmm. I did have Corella DeVille on my list, so good pick, Matt. I think Scar is a great villain for so many reasons. Jeremy Irons does a great job with that voice. True. And it's like he's got this like level of sophistication for that villain where like the interplay between the hyenas as villains, which also great choice for an animal for like the little henchmen, like hyenas. It fits so perfectly. Yes, it really does. And like having his voice definitely be like a little level above for like, he's clearly got a mastermind plan. And, you know, there's some, obviously some Shakespearean references with that movie, but I think that's like one of my most iconic villains that comes to mind. Some of the battle scenes in that movie are kind of fucking dope, too. I loved Big Cats when I was a kid. So seeing these, like, lions battle was like, what the fuck? And you're so heartbroken when Mufasa dies. You're like, what a bitch. A scar. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is, like, the whole, like, the the plot of, like, you know, the, the infighting amongst one family for a position of power. Like, that's yes. such a historical mm-hmm. callback. Like, that's traditionally how, like, monarchies were fought in yes. one. Yeah throughout all of European history in particular, but not even just European, but ancient history, yep. Asian history, African history, you name it. If you yep. had a family, if like you're, you were the brother of the king, you wanted to kill the king to yep. become the king. Exactly. Right? So it's absolutely crazy. Like the, like that's hidden right in plain sight when it comes to a kid's animated movie. Yeah. And a little like side story. I went to London one time with my family and we went into Westminster Abbey, the famous church there. It's like really quiet big church, you know, high ceilings, uh, kind of an echo in the room. And they give you these little like audio tour headsets. And who the fuck is narrating it? Jeremy Irons. And what does my dad do in this quiet ass room? He just all of a sudden, like his head shoots back and he just like 
Jeremy Irons, Scar! <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, Scar, it's Scar! I was like, what Shh, the dad, hell? Dad. The queen yeah. is sleeping. Echoes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be my pick. Awesome. Nice. And I have my last pick of the second round. And the whip around. Yep, and I'm picking... I'm picking the most iconic villain because I think both of you, you hit certain notes, but you didn't hit all the notes. Both of your villains are kind of missing something. Like Cruella DeVille is a great villain. You said something about her being the first something. She was like the first. Oh, oh, bad bitch on the scene. Yeah, but there was a badder bitch two years before she hit the scene because Cruella DeVille comes out in 61 and Maleficent comes out. In 59 in Touché. Sleeping Beauty. Touché. And now here's here's the thing about Maleficent, and that is my pick if you didn't pick that up. <laughs> in nineteen fifty nine, Sleeping Beauty is a tank. Critically and in the box office, it does not do great. But the thing that survives that movie is Maleficent as a character. Like she is synonymous with evil just like Cruella DeVille, but benevolence malevolence maleficent mm-hmm. she is like pure evil she she curses a child to die at the age of 16 out of jealousy damn and then when the little witch when when the little fairies helps uh aurora she fucking kidnaps prince prince philip and locks that motherfucker away and then she turns into a motherfucking dragon that's pretty dragon yeah. who breathes green fire pretty dope what the fuck <laughs> Very wild. She is so beast. She's amazing. She also inspired live action movies and a fucking live action sequel with Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. a big ass star. She's in tons of shit on the Disney Channel. She's like the parent of some offshoot Disney. Sh- I don't know. I didn't watch that, <laughs> but I know that that's a thing. She's been in games. Shit. If you go to Disneyland, she's got more representation in the park than Cruella DeVille and Scar put together. Wow. Scar has wow. no representation outside of that movie. Wow. That's it. Unless there's like an anniversary or something happening with Lion King. It's a shame because Lion King is such a big movie. Yeah. yeah. No representation outside of like anniversary editions. They don't have a lot of merchandise. And there's even fewer merchandise with 101 Dalmatians because mm-hmm. it doesn't get the respect it deserves. Yeah, it's underrated. Mm-hmm. But, it's a great movie. But in terms of the things that really survived that fifty, that late 50s, yeah. 60s, decades like Maleficent is the character that comes on top she is the highest the highest of the high in terms of Disney villainry so that's my second pick and my justification for it side note Scar is it because of the fratricide do you think or like why he's not as widely represented Uh, I just think Lion King is a hard thing to represent it's hard to make a Lion King ride it's hard to make um, like Lion King themed attractions, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to Disney World and you go to Animal Kingdom, they do have like a show called Festival of the Lion King where they have these like kind of big float type things that do a little show. But outside of that, it's real. There, you're really limited, mm-hmm. and because yeah. of that, you're not going to put a lot of that out there merchandise wise because you're they're trying to connect everything, and then out out in the world, right? They're always trying to sell what's relevant. The main core characters, Mickey, Goofy, Donald, Minnie, they're always going to be a sell, right? Even th- even people like Genie, they don't get as much play as like Maleficent because Maleficent is bad bitch on the block. She's recognizably evil, so she's a good like foil to all the good that comes from the other side of Disney. Like if you go to Disneyland or Disney World, they have a show called Fantasmic, 
and it's basically like Mickey and his imagination and evil stuff is like taking over his imagination. And he has to battle all of these villains. And the last villain in the show that he fights is Maleficent. And it's like a stage show, right? And the Maleficent lady turns into a huge fucking dragon that breathes what? real ass wow. fire. Woo! When we take the break, so, I will show you the video and you'll be like, what? It's fucking gangster. <laughs> but it's like, it's because Maleficent is fucking badass. Magic bitch. Like the cosmic wizard king. Let's Damn. go. Magic team. <laughs> Damn. Team Wild. magic. Wild. This will probably like back up your pick, but I think I forgot about her because I was so horrified as a child. Like I didn't <laughs> watch that as much because I was like, <gasps> oh God. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, Lion King had like fun songs, so I was like, I'll watch that again. Hakuna <laughs> Matata. I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> Those songs are fire. They go hard. Yeah. That's a future episode right there. Yeah. I just talk so much, and it's like, <laughs> all right, time to get into some halftime. <laughs> uh, it's time for some cosmic connections, y'all. And it's Disney Day, so you know I'm about to get down with it. <laughs> real funky real smooth real funky and smooth i don't know what makes it cosmic but it just sounds sounds cosmic to my ears today i'm going to be talking about oswald the lucky rabbit have any of y'all heard of oswald no yes okay one person fist bump from across i don't know shit about him though okay so walt disney was came like came up in uh missouri marceline uh there you go big deal right there (laughs) yeah and he was always he he used uh, his childhood as a lot of inspiration moving on like after he got to California and when he was designing parks and all that shit. But when he was leaving, he had, he was when he was leaving Kansas City, he was also leaving a failed like studio that he had put together. Um, and he was trying to move on to California. At the time, New York was the powerhouse for like animation. Uh, but he wanted to go out to California because it seemed like that was the new budding place. Um, so he had started work on a series called Alice, Alice's Wonderland, not to be confused with Alice in Wonderland. They're completely different. But Alice's Wonderland was like a hybrid, sort of like Mary Poppins, in that it had a live-action character superimposed on a animated background. So Disney was able to get funding to produce this from this lady named uh, Margaret Winkler. Or, yeah. And she agrees to fund him. She go, he goes out to California, starts stuff up, starts getting some, um, some animators to come work with him. And then that Margaret lady, she ends up marrying this, girl, this guy named Charles Mintz. And Mintz was a fucking asshole. And wouldn't you know, because it's the 1920s and he marries this lady, he gets her pregnant and then he takes over all the business. Hell yeah. <laughs> you fuck that guy. Yep. And then he brings on... Uh, Margaret's brother, George, and George is like the overseer. He's, he's the guy standing behind Walt saying, you need to do it this way, you need to do it this way. And Charles is like, you need to listen to George. George is our man. He's our fucking hype man. And Walt's like, God damn it, this fucking sucks. So he's in a contract with them. He's making Alice for like four years. That's from 23 to 27. And then Alice starts to get old. Like back then, they weren't watching stuff on cartoons. It was always aired before movies. And so... They audiences always were looking for like new things. So Universal gets a hold of Mintz and is like, hey, we would like you to make a character, like an animal character, something similar to what we see in like Felix the Cat, right? Um, so Mintz pushes Walt to develop a character and Walt converts uh, with his buddy Ub Erwix, 
who's one of his lead animators, and they create a rabbit named Oswald. And so Mintz takes Oswald to Universal. Universal's like, yep, that's dope. Let's pr- produce 26 episodes. Walt signs a contract, doesn't read the fine print. That comes back to bite him in the ass. But anyways, the first episode that he sends to Universal, Universal's pissed. They're like, what the fuck? He looks old. <laughs> he, he's not charismatic. And Walt's like, well, if y'all motherfuckers weren't rushing me, then I wouldn't have to produce some shit. I'll get it better next time. Thanks for the constructive criticism, bitch. <laughs> but all that in 1920s language. <clears throat> yeah, bitch. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. See? So, <laughs> so the second Oswald cartoon ends up being the first one that's released. It's called Charlie Troubles. Um, and it is a huge hit. And so then after this huge hit, they just start cranking out hit after hit after hit of Oswald cartoons, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And so as they start to approach the end of the first deal in 1928, Mintz signs a new deal with Universal. And at this time, Walt has been like this. This was a tough production. They were having to make films like every couple weeks. Wow. And back then, animating was tough work. Right. So Walt was on his animators ass and Walt kind of rubbed some of them the wrong way. And mm. Charles did not like Walt at all. And he was like, we should just cut Walt out. So that's what he started to do. Mintz to Walt. I mean. He started poaching his animators and signing them to new contracts behind Walt's back. And then when Walt and his wife went to New York to sign a new contract with Universal, he got there and Mintz was basically like, nah, bitch, tricks on you. We're keeping Oswald, us and Universal, and you're out the job, sucker. And he was like, what? No way. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like telegramming his brother Roy in California like, hey, it's going to be all good. It's all good. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But really, it's like, no, we just fucking lost Oswald. So he tries and tries. But Universal, in that first contract that Walt had signed, he agreed that any characters that he made would be owned by Universal. So he got straight poached. Oswald was owned by Universal. And Disney never made another Oswald cartoon again. And it is said that on that train ride home from New York to California, that's when he came up with the idea for Mickey Mouse who he originally wanted to call Mortimer Mouse. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> but, his, yeah. but his wife was like, that's a fucking ugly name. Mortimer Mouse. Doesn't sound nice. You should go with Mickey. <laughs> so then Mickey Mouse was supposedly born. Wow. Yep. Have well, there been any other Oswald cartoons by Universal? Oh, yeah. They released a whole... I They released quite a bit after that, but his popularity just waned, and then eventually he got put away. And then in 2000, later in 2006... Disney ended up buying back the rights to those old original Oswald cartoons so that they could release them in a specific, like, collector set. Mm. Yeah. Karma. So it it all came back around. It all came back around. And if you go to the parks, you can see Oswald now. If you go to California Adventure, right when you walk in the park, there's Oswald's, like, gas station or oil station or something. Wow. He's a really popular character. He's really... Yeah, he's dope. I was honestly thinking... Originally in the draft, I was like, oh, I'm going to go Donald first. I didn't expect to have a first-round pick. <clears throat> I was going to go Donald. I was going to try and get Genie, And then I was going to pick up Oswald after I broke him down like this. Because I was like, eh, I don't know if anyone will, will pick him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's 26 episodes. I don't know. But he he was he was Mickey before Mickey. They have very similar designs. If you haven't seen him, I, I'll show you him yeah. later. But yeah. That's Oswald, y'all. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Dope. 
Thanks. All right. Well, let's get back into let's get back into the thing. Should we do a recap before we get back in? Yeah. Yeah. Let's recap it. Who has All right. what? Uh. So Ben had Mickey Mouse and Maleficent, uh, which is a badass name, by the way. Team yes. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin had Mul- uh, Fa Mulan and Scar. Uh, Dylan, myself, I had Goofy, the single parent, uh, and Genie. <laughs> I want to specify that. And he's, he's a hardworking blue collar dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he actually was. Yeah. And Matt had Donald Duck doing the no pants dance, going full <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, and Cruella DeVille. Dope. <coughs> round three. Ooh, it's round three, and I have the lead, and I do not know who to <laughs> pick. <laughs> Gosh darn it. The decisions, the decisions. I feel okay. Oh, go oh, no, you feel what? I was about to say, I feel like there's a lot more silences on this one because we're all deep in thought. I'm at least one and a half beers in, and I'm just like, God, this is a hard one. So there's a lot more of these pauses where we're all like l- looking at lists and like, ah, team, 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 team. But go ahead, Cosmic. Oh, the honorable mentions in this one are going to be real. They are. Very good. Shit. It's almost like we could do Disney anime characters from different decades because there's just so many. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is so fucking hard. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, I I'll I'll take Mufasa. Nice, <laughs> nice. solid. <laughs> That's such a hard pick, but I'll take Mufasa because everyone wants more of Mufasa. They want more James Earl Jones. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. always iconic. He's integral Simba. to yeah. He's integral to the growth of Simba as a character. Yep. Like without. Mufasa's influence, Simba is not the king that he becomes. Um, and and also Mufasa's shadow just like reigns over the Pride Lands after he leaves. Like it's obvious he kept everything together. He knew the balance. He was yep. he's he's the Yoda figure. I was about Disney to say the, the parallels of like mentorship like between like Yoda and Luke and Simba and Mufasa are very striking. Yeah, and his he's just a prevalent character. I feel like it's funny because I was like, oh, Scar doesn't get a lot of representation, and neither mm-hmm. does Mufasa. But if you were going to look at which characters get the most representation, surprisingly, it is Mufasa. Most people like Mufasa. He's that. He's the father figure. Yep. He's the king. Mm-hmm. That yep. cloud scene's dope. It oh, really is. Super dope. Yeah. Very powerful. Scared me as a child, but in a good way, like awe-inspiring, <laughs> you know? That's funny. Yeah, yeah. he was in the Lion King sense. game. Mufasa, oh, baby. Shit. Damn. Nice. And James, and you know what's cool about Mufasa is even in the live action, the new li- or the new one that they did, mm-hmm. James Earl Jones was the only original cast member to come back and oh, reprise wow. that role. Everyone else was brand new. So that is like the significance and the weight the of, carryover, of that yeah. character. It's it's almost like I would say it's on level with Robin Williams' genie. Yeah. Like James Earl Jones makes that role. And it's yeah. fu- and he's yeah. fucking Darth Vader too. So yeah. damn, yeah. he's like the best bad guy and like the best good guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good pick. Yes. Lion King. There's so many good characters. Great movie. It's, damn. I don't. I don't know if there's like a bad pick in that movie. No, I don't think so. Damn. Okay. Well, that leaves my third pick. <sighs> okay. This one might be coming out of left field. 
but I love this one. And I was just like more of a modern one, not necessarily like one of the old time classics, but Baymax from Big Hero 6. I think this would have been safe in a fourth rounder, but I'm just going to not take any chances. <laughs> I thought that movie was so fucking good. Are you satisfied with your care? Yeah, it was so funny, cute, like how adorable. Also, that movie had such a really cool take on San Francisco taking its like deep roots, Asian American history, reconceptualizing the entire city, like the entire world that they built around it. Really fascinating in in a way that just like came across as like really genuine, like they, they thought through every move. Baymax, just adorable character and really crucial for the protagonist's development, like kind of their relationship. It's kind of one of those classic like relationships in the animated movies where at first your protagonist is really annoyed or it's like, oh my God, this this Baymax thing is clueless. It's ridiculous. Or get away from me. I don't want you around. And as that relationship builds, the protagonist builds, it's leading you to the climax. And by the end, can't have that movie without Baymax. Yeah, like it, I feel like it's impossible to hold back your tears when he fist bumps it and you see the chip in his hand and you're like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I first saw that actually when I was substitute teaching and some of these students were having some bad reads on it, like really some big misinterpretations. And I was watching it like, are you kidding? Pause. We're breaking this shit down. You're missing this scene. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Could just be coincidental. I'm like, no, good art isn't coincidental. This shit's in here for a reason, you little punk. That <laughs> <laughs> was just like a random stranger substitute teaching. But that movie got to me. I was like, this is fucking incredible. It's a beautiful movie. I don't think I've watched it without crying. Damn, I have to go watch this when I get home. Yes. You, you haven't seen it? No, but I'm going to. Dude, it's a total brother movie. Like, I watched it, and the whole time it made me think of the relationship I have with my brother, and I was like, oh, my God. Yes. My, my heart. <laughs> it's so touching. Yes. Such a Sweet. good movie. All of these are great movies. Yep. All, like, so picking the character from the movie is so hard. Cause it's yep. like It's falling into the trap of, like, the movie, yeah. the character. I'm not taking away Baymax yep. is an awesome character. He's fun. And when you go to the parks and you see him and you hug him, he's all inflatable and shit. <laughs> hey, yes. Yeah. All right. Good pick. Nice. Dylan, you're up. Um, okay, I'm going for someone who... <clears throat> it's from a movie that's definitely less popular in, mod in uh, like, contemporary Disney canon. <gasps> um and it's a, a villain because I wanted a villain really badly. Oh, I thought you were going to pick Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> no. Uh, I uh, uh, but I, uh, it's Judge Claudio Frollo, played by Ch Tony Jay from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, I don't know. It's uh, he, he, He's like corruption incarnate. Okay, this guy. A okay, let me give you a little description of him um, in case y'all at home don't remember who he is. A ruthless, self-righteous, and religiously pious minister of justice of Paris who is also the main character, Quasimodo's reluctant guardian. Um, he, like, teaches Quasimodo how to read his letters. Uh, due to his God complex, because he does have one, uh, he believes that he is above everyone else and can do no wrong. And that the world around him is full of corruption except within himself. He's disgusted by pretty much everything around him, even Quasimodo. Um, and the only reason that he actually trains Quasimodo is because he killed his fucking mom at the beginning of the film. I mean, it's disgusting. It's like some, I don't know if it's 
guilt. I don't know if he's capable of guilt or if it's some misplaced sense of like self-righteousness, you know. He's, he's a character much like he's written in a very complicated way. Yeah. Similar to kind of Jack Skellington. Yeah. Where if you're not coming at that character from an intellectual lens, then he is very off-putting. Right. But he is a very like brilliantly written character. Yes. His song where he's um, basically talking about Esmeralda oh, yeah. is extremely powerful, but it's also really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in the mind, like looking at it from a historical perspective or because that is a huge that's a big con- like that's there's a lot of context in that with that movie too because of when it's taking place and how prominent the church is yeah so if you're not if you're just going into it thinking like this is a kids movie it's like nah that shit's I really fucking dark yes yeah and the book is dark too if you've ever read it it like everyone dies um but like in the movie I wonder if that's why it's less popular is because it's so real and so dark I mean you see the corruption of the church of the state in Paris and you see like vile racism. Like he, he hates gypsies. Uh, the yeah. correct term would be Roma. So he hates the Roma people mm-hmm. and Esmeralda is Roma. Um, and he has this kind of fascin like he is obsessed with her. And I kind of think it's because he hates Ro- the gypsies. But so he much. lusts for her. He does. Yeah. Like it's disgusting. Ugh, it's grody. It's really gross. Um, He's so, like, so I want him. I want that creep on my team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goofy will be too yes. aloof to know what's going on with him. And the genie, well, he's fucking magic. Yeah. So uh, I love to hate him. Frollo generally believes all he does is in God's will. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Frollo, Judge Claudio Frollo, y'all. Love to hate him. Yeah. Ben, I never thought about our teammates interacting with one another. Sorry, that got to me. <laughs> They're teams, dude. <laughs> yeah, just all on a squad, same yeah. jersey, goofies out there. Shit. <laughs> Mickey is riding Dragon Maleficent and Mufasa's prowling right next to uh, this big baller. <laughs> when you put it like that, I'm like, holy shit, that's quite an image. Magic team. <laughs> Donald's just pissed off in Cruella's front seat, <laughs> like, let's get this shit off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. All right, so uh, third round pick. I am at the point where I want to pick a sidekick, and I I feel like, because, again, sidekicks and, like, kind of just comedic banter play a big role in Disney animated films. You need some levity when you're t- teaching kids significant, important life lessons, right? You need that sidekick character. And it's a toss-up for me between two iconic sidekick characters. I'm going to go with the one that I still think, even though he kind of pushes back a little bit, I, I still think he's... More, the more iconic choice, even though I do love the other one, and I'm going to go Sebastian from mm. Little Mermaid. I think if you were to kind of look back on Disney animated characters, again, the sidekick character plays almost as big of a role as the main lead character. They're they're meant to be the voice of morality, right? They're supposed to provide a little bit of support. Sometimes they're hype men, as in the case of Mushu, who I <laughs> was also debating whether or not the debate between Mushu and Sebastian Mushu is a hype man, but he's also not very like a serious character. Sebastian is more like, All right, let's think about your choices here, Ariel. Right, so I'm gonna go with Sebastian because I do think that he rack, ranks up there in terms of top Disney sidekicks, which is a major part of the animated Disney character universe. That's gonna be my third round pick. Nice, nice. third round pick. It's in. The, it's in the books. <laughs> y'all, y'all remember this. Oh. oh, oh yeah! Doesn't that just make you feel good on the inside? <laughs> yeah, everyone remembers that one. But do you remember this one? 
Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. No. I'm getting hype. <laughs> I'm getting hype. Let's go. Disney classics. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh Disney my classics. Man, Disney classics are a lot different than Disney movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney's gotten a lot more inclusive in the last few years. Mm-hmm. How does that make y'all feel? I love it. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. Some of the creative storytelling too, like, I mean, it's always hard when you're going to have the first of any like community represented, like uh, Princess and the Frog. You know, I know when that one came out, there was a lot of like, oh, are they making the right choices here? Are they making the right choices there? So I'm not going to weigh in on that, but I what I will weigh in on is like the creativity of the storytelling, bringing able being able to bring in new aspects like um, Luis, the gigantic alligator who really wants to be a jazz player. And there's yeah. that scene where he <laughs> like jumps out of the water onto a riverboat and starts playing the trumpet. But of course it's a gigantic fucking crocodile or alligator. So people are freaked and they're just like, ah, <laughs> they start shooting at him and shit. Yeah. yeah. A brilliant scene. And then, you know, all the history of new Orleans. Like I went to new Orleans and then saw that and was like very creative or, you know, coming up with, um, a lot more, obviously this is getting more into like Disney Pixar, but, uh, Coco. Oh, it made me cry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Solidly. My girlfriend was crying on the airplane. We were on an international flight and I kept looking over and seeing like, holy shit, she's losing it. And then I watched it when she wasn't around and like I came back home early from that trip, watched it at home and oh man, I, I finally got it. Tears came a flowing, really creative. Like if you're in class, cause we're all in school, right? And we do different holidays trying to get more uh, yeah. representative. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Dia de los Muertos. Like I'll reference that movie sometimes of being like, Oh, like someone was like, Oh, marigolds are associated with them. Like, yes. Remember Coco walking on that, you know, road, a uh, glowing marigold uh, petals into like the world of the dead and a beautiful, beautiful. Can't say enough. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like films like Moana, right? Yeah. Which is kind of a classic uh, reimagined Disney film. It's still got the music. Right. Um, and and it's also a celebration of like Polynesian cultural mm-hmm. contributions to the world. Right. This great seafaring uh, civilization that spread throughout the whole Pacific world um, in this brilliant kind of way. That film is a celebration of that legacy that is not mm-hmm. really talked about enough. And I'm actually kind of surprised and impressed that Disney pursued that as a topic. We'll see, but Disney's always been kind of on that track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in the 90s, they had, for all of, all of its faults, they had Pocahontas, True. and Pocahontas wasn't your average, like, female lead character. Yes, she still played a little bit of that damsel in distress, but she was also a strong character in the movie. Yeah. True. She bails out John Smith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they they take that a step further with Mulan, and Mulan is a real real power player, and so Moana is a great continuation of that trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. But so much more. Like she is, I'm not going to say she's more impactful than Mulan because Mulan is obviously impactful enough to get a fucking live action film done. But Moana is right up there with her in terms of mm-hmm. being relevant, being a great lead who doesn't need a male to prop her up despite yeah. having one in the film. Like you don't need him, yeah. which yep. is why like she's going to get her own Disney Plus show. And nice. yeah, there's not word that Maui's going to be in it, but he really he doesn't need to be. Yeah, she's strong enough on her yeah, own. Yeah, because they they've really done a great job of of female empowerment. You know, because if you think about traditional animated films and even just like traditional TV and movies, it's like it's always again the damsel in distress. But they've really done a good job of pushing that 
in a new direction that's more representative. Like women don't need men to bail them out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can take on positions of power as well as just like, I don't know, just more visibility of people of color. It's very, yeah. it's important, you know, not history. Just like we, we're all history people here. Right? History is not just a bunch of white guys. Right, it's more it's more complicated than that. So. It's kind of like at the end of the day, you really can't take away the impact of that representation. Because I know mm-hmm. around like Maui's drawing, I knew a lot of people who were pretty organized around like Polynesian American uh, students at UW who were like, ah, I don't really know if Maui should be depicted that way. It should be a little bit more muscular or like Princess and the Frog. I, I, I mentioned there were like criticisms for like, oh, this is this African American lead. There's, you know, spends all the eyes, majority of the film green. Exactly, spends majority of the film green, and then you know, with some of the rewrites and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when I think about Moana, I think about I actually know a lot of like younger kids of color who I've like seen firsthand just be enthralled with this movie. Just like mm-hmm. shirts, everything. Finally, like Moana, I want to be Moana. Like, I don't know for young children because I mean. Like Lion King for me, that's like very much childhood. Yeah. So finally seeing that representation at the end of the day, criticisms need to be heard, but you cannot strip it from that power of just seeing yourself represented on screen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So true. And I mean, even granted, this is a little more Pixar, but like even with Soul, like Soul has its problems, Mm -hmm. right? With the, well, yeah, fuck it. If you haven't seen it, that's your problem. Like you should be seeing it by now. But like with the main lead being a black male and the soul that he is interacting with, not being a person in the movie, but being voiced by a white woman Mm. in reality. And he's learning the right way to learn life from a white woman. There's obviously it's there's obviously problems with that. But the visual components of the movie, like the actual story within the movie, isolating that voice that we know is Tina Fey, like that's a casting fault. Mm-hmm. And while Disney, like while we point that out, Disney also does a lot of good things. Like the casting for Moana, vocals yeah. amazing. The yeah. remake for Lion King, a lot more diverse and a lot more yeah. mm-hmm. um, poignant of what those characters would sound like in that region. Should they have voices? I guess if lions could talk, yeah. <laughs> they would sound like Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I think we yeah. can all agree Disney's done good yeah. and up in their yeah. game. They got some work to do. But, but they they're, are, they're going the right but direction. But they're going though. the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit, they're, they're changing Splash Mountain in Disneyland from a Song of the South theming, which was, a, it's so problematic that they'll never release that shit again. Yep. And they're damn. changing it to Princess and the Frog. Damn, damn time. Shit. Yeah. Dope. So. Dope. I didn't realize that the theme was Song of the South. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, so the theme is Splash Mountain centers around Br'er Rabbit, right? And that whole community, Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear. Um, in the Briar Patch, but that's all that comes from the film Song of the South, oh, which is not good. Yeah, problematic. <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> we're three rounds deep. Round four. It's time for round four. Matt, you have the first pick. Round four. All right. So I've kind of followed throughout my draft this of kind of creeping closer to more modern-ish day. All right, we, we started Donald Duck. He's the oldest character. You move into Cruella de Vil, and then you're moving to Sebastian. You see the timeline. So I'm going to follow that trend a little bit and also get into, it's not fully modern, but it's more recent than the rest. Uh, and I'm going to go with Cusco from Emperor's New Groove. Oh, nice. Good choice. And I feel like that movie gets so lost in the shuffle of Disney animated movies. And it, it's tragic because that is a grossly underrated film. You're talking mm. about the life lesson of somebody of privilege losing everything in an instant, having to learn how regular common people live 
and he rejects that at first and he he's kind of an asshat in the beginning right he's a really <laughs> he's a really terrible emperor and then when he becomes the llama he has to figure out like oh wait there's there's other things than just having money right and i think that's such a a key lesson that kind of again just gets lost in the shuffle but this is i mean cusco is a phenomenal character he really like the development of him being a rich asshole to becoming like an actual reasonable human being who has empathy, who can put himself in somebody else's shoes, uh, I think is really powerful. And I, I think that it's one of the better, more recent Disney animated films that's really getting at a really key lesson of like appreciate what you have and also understand what, how other people live. Mm. So that's a little deep, but I, I love that. I, I think, that I think really Cusco is, I think Cusco is a phenomenal character. And I think that movie does not get the respect it, it should, it should get. I love so. that movie. Nice. Talk, talk about great villains. The antagonist yeah. from that movie is yeah. Yzma. Yzma, yeah. And Yzma's her henchman. Kronk. Uh, oh, Kronk is hilarious. He's Patrick Warburton, yeah. Oh, so good. Great job, Matt. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, is that me now? Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, this is tough. I'm actually torn between several choices. I could go with cute and fuzzy or like uh, ride or die. I think I'm going ride or die. Do it. I'm doing Le Few. From <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing, oh my gosh. Uh, my other choice was Winnie the Pooh. I'm going Le Few because here's the thing. He's perhaps the most famous ride or die sidekick antagonist in Disney canon. Le Few is Gaston's maybe not friend because I don't think Gaston is capable of forming friendships, but something closer to a loyal henchman and confidant who probably dresses Gaston. I mean, he worships the guy. Uh, shit. LeFew is so ride or die, he made an iconic theme song for Gaston that does everything from praising the strength and virility of Gaston uh, to his penchant for antler decorations. Um, LeFew is also somewhat of a tragic character as he looks up to Gaston as someone who's noble, handsome, and heroic, when in reality... Gaston embodies the negative character traits of vanity, chauvinism, jealousy, selfishness, and even murderous intent. Uh, I'm not sure that LeFew ever sees through Gaston's serious flaws at any point in the film. Um, and you've already heard what Matt has to say about Gaston as a villain. Oh, yeah, he's an asshat who wants to kill people. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking asshat. But well said. You know what, LeFew, you know what, dude, you do you. Uh, dude, he's, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> he, right? he is. <laughs> yeah, so LeFew. Damn, nice. Okay. Wow, well, I guess that comes to me for the last round. So it's kind of interesting to hear everyone's teams, like the way that they're thinking about it. And I guess for mine, I am thinking about a well-rounded team. So I got my lead star character, the protagonist in Mulan, a strong woman at that. Then I got my villain in Scar. Cool. Then I got a trusty, like, deuteragonist, sidekick, uh, you know, leading the protagonist, helping them grow in Baymax. Now I kind of want a really, really funny supporting character. Someone that's introducing hella comedy into the movie. And Dylan actually already referenced him, so I'm glad he didn't keep going. But Kronk from Emperor's Kronk. New Groove. <laughs> like Matt said, uh, Patrick, how do you say his last name again? Wartburn. Wartburn. Yeah. Yeah, he did uh, the voice of David Putty in Seinfeld, and I grew up loving <laughs> Seinfeld. He was the guy that was like, uh, loved the New Jersey Devils and was like, go devoted. It's like, that was great. Great. That guy's voice, fantastic. And I guess I actually like Kronk a lot more um, 
than just comedy relief because he's actually a really interesting character that does have some parallelism to Cusco. So Cusco has a lot of this growth throughout and starts off right, super arrogant, kind of needs to learn this way, um, turns into a llama with Pacha, uh, kind of being led, you know, has to kind of find some moral development there. Kronk is actually kind of battling quite literally that angel and devil on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And his is like such a different dilemma and one that I actually kind of relate to. Like he's not evil because there's an evil bone in his body. It's actually quite the opposite. It's like in kind of a paradoxical because he's so nice and wants to serve everybody. He falls in line with Yzma and is starting to serve a villain doing her dirty deeds. But there's still that voice, that consciousness in his head and these devil and the, and the angel talking to him about it. And it's just this battle throughout. So it's actually a little bit more of a developed side character. That's funny as fuck. And does have that final scene where, yeah, he turns on Yzma and he's like, ah, yeah. Like he's, he's just led astray. That's all he, that, that's mm-hmm. essentially yep. Gronk. Like he, he, he does not mean uh, harm against anybody. He just happens to get like kind of manipulated and misled. Yeah. I think you can kind of see that actually when the devil character does the thing like, look what I can do. And he stands on his hands. It's like, well, how much yes. does it take to convince Kronk really? Yeah. Yes. That's great. It's great. Oh, man. That's great. Hey, That's great. That's great. What's up? <laughs> and that movie, really, I love it. It's I'm so with good. you, Matt. So I, good. It does get lost. Like that for me, I think I watched maybe the most when I was a kid because I just, it was so good. Oh, that's my That's my last pick. I see the trend. All so all of you did the same thing where you had kind of like a strong first, right? An iconic first. You had your villain. You had like a sidekick, and then a, like and then, I mean, some of you had sidekicks. Dylan had. You kind of have two sidekicks with the genie and Lafeu. Mine is not. My team is not built like yours. I'm like seeing that, and I'm like, uh, I didn't because I didn't go with a team that's my favorite. I didn't pick my mm-hmm. favorite Disney characters. I picked like what I perceive to be the best Disney characters. And so my fourth pick is going to be one that I don't think anyone would pick. No one would think to pick unless they knew about this this character. And I'm talking, of course, about Scrooge McDuck. So my team sticks with the M theme. Mickey, Maleficent, Mufasa, and McDuck, comma, Scrooge. All M's. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge McDuck came on the scene in 1952, and outside of the Holy Trinity, that being Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, he is, like, the next... He's the next jewel in the crown, right? He's just not as recognizable because he wasn't put in, like, circuit cartoons like those ones were, but he has had his own comics since 52. It's been running since 1952. It's one of the longest-running comics. Um, He's also starred in two of the best NES games, yeah, think about that. He was in the DuckTales. Dude, the two DuckTales games mm-hmm. for NES were fire. And then he was in DuckTales, the yeah. best cartoon of the 90s. <laughs> DuckTales is fire. Did you watch DuckTales? You- A little bit, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the reboot of DuckTales is equally fire. That's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> oh, also his game got remastered too. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's an ama- <laughs> It was on PlayStation. Yeah. Yep. So on top of all that... He, um, Scrooge McDuck, also inspired the first scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. He had a comic that was similar to Inception long before Inception. Not saying Nolan ripped him off or anything, but 
he was in an Inception style comic before. Oh, that's just before crazy. Him. <laughs> and this is the craziest thing. Scrooge was the biggest. Like he, he single handedly contributed a ton of influence to one of the biggest like cultural movements in Japan, being anime. Because he was the lead, like he was the biggest inspiration for the creation of Astro Boy. Oh, no and no Astro Boy is like the first mm-hmm. real anime. Wow. So Osamu Kenzuka. The father of manga and the father of um, of Astro Boy, he uh, he said that all of his style came from Scrooge McDuck. The big eyes came from Scrooge McDuck. Like Scrooge had big eyes first. Um, the small mouths, like you still see it today in almost all anime, and that all comes from like his inspiration from Scrooge. So, Damn. I think Scrooge, like his influence, is huge, and that's why I pick him. Excellent. Looking at the pictures of Scrooge McDuck, I'm surprised I didn't notice that resemblance before. That's wild. That's crazy. Right. I, my mind is blown. <laughs> well, hopefully it was Damn. blown enough to get your vote. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even my nice. pitch. It's pitch time. It's time to make our case, and then we'll decide the winner, and then you'll decide the winner. Again, this is the time where we will recap our team for you and try to convince you why we should win. I'm first. I have Mickey Maleficent, Mufasa, and Scrooge. I don't have a sidekick because this wasn't my favorite characters. I'm picking who I think are the most impactful, most important characters. Mickey Mouse, global icon. Most counterfeited character in history. Think about that. The most counterfeited character is Mickey Mouse. This dude's (laughs) been responsible for everything. The Mickey Mouse Club, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, all those little stars all came from Mickey, <laughs> motherfucker. Ryan Gosling. All, the cartoons. Oh, really? The 20s, Steamboat Mickey, black and white, all the way up into color. He was doing it all. He was in feature-length films. He's been the face of everything. Coke campaigns, Christmas campaigns. He's met Olympians. He's met Michael Jackson, for fuck's sake. He's met artists. <laughs> He's presidents, done, yeah. Yeah, he has met presidents. Thank you, Matt. Yes. <laughs> That's just Mickey. How much time I got? 36 seconds. Fuck. Maleficent, the most <laughs> badass baddie there could be. She's a fucking dragon. Ble- breathes green fire. Green <laughs> fire. Scrooge. His name is synonymous with wealth, bro. Yep. Like, you think of Scrooge, you think of money. Mufasa, he is the king. He is the king. Who is more noble than Mufasa? Who is more right than Mufasa? Nobody. I have 12 seconds. Uh, I, I'm not going to attack any team. All the teams are good. I, I just... Hopefully, I got your vote out there. Mickey, <laughs> Maleficent, Mufasa, Scrooge. Team Magic. <laughs> Very well done. Damn. Very well done. Nice, dude. Yeah. Dustin, you're up next. You ready? Yep. All right. All right. I kind of explained a little bit of my strategy. Well-rounded team, boss, female protagonist in Mulan. Uh, then I got some comedy in Emperor's New Groove, a gem that's hidden with Kronk. Great voice acting job, by the way. Uh, I got Scar with Jeremy Irons, another great voice actor, uh, fantastic Lion King, one of the best uh, in that era of Disney, just really fantastic movie, great soundtrack. Every time you say be prepared, you can just say it, be prepared. (laughs) Uh, And then I got Baymax, bringing it into a little bit modern day. It's got a little bit about what we talked about in our roundtable where... Yeah, bringing in some diversity, a wild reconception of San Francisco, and such a cute, cuddly character that makes you cry in the end. <laughs> so if you want it all, you want to laugh, you want to cry, you want to be inspired, boom, 
Team Dustin. Be <laughs> prepared. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan, you're up. You ready? Yeah. Folks, listen. Why do we watch movies? We watch them for the immersion, right? To feel the feelings, to relate to our characters, <laughs> or to hate our characters. Listen, my team's got all of that for you. All right, let's start with Goofy. Single single parent, okay? Uh, if you maybe are yearning for a closeness, a being closer to your parents, Goofy's got that for you. He's there for you, okay? <laughs> Genie, if you're looking for a best buddy, right? A best buddy who can also grant you just three wishes, all right? And, you know, no bringing people back from the dead. It's not pretty. Uh, listen, Genie, he's got that for you, too, all right? Plus, he's got some really iconic songs, all right? Um, uh, when Aladdin's bursting into Agrabah. Oh, my God. Jesus, what an entrance for my guy. Jeez <laughs> Louise, a good look. Judge Claudio Frollo. Uh, what better way is there to kind of reveal the corruption of that era, right? A person so ruthless and disgusting um, in his behaviors and habits and thoughts that you love to hate him. And then finally, a ride-or-die antagonist, Lefeu. Um, Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of the most iconic theme songs, and it's not even from a main character. Lefeu gives it to a main character. Folks, vote for me, Dylan. Nice. <laughs> All right, Matt. I'm going to do like the John McCain thing. My friends. Um, anyway, so to recap my team. So I have at the beginning, as the Cosmic Wizard King has already kind of pleaded the Donald Duck case. I don't, even, I don't think I really need to talk too much about it. He's, he's, he done, job. he's done more for that pick than I could ever do. So I appreciate the, the layup. <laughs> Um, Donald Duck, again, like you said, in the Holy Trinity, you think Goofy, Mickey, Donald Duck. There you go. You go into the second round. Again, villains, you know, you can take your pick about villains, but I do think villains play a central role in Disney animated characters as a whole, and I think Cruella DeVille is one of the most recognizable and one of the most synonymous with the term villain amongst Disney animated characters. You move on down the road, again, Sebastian, Little Mermaid, again, one of the classics of Disney animated films, and he is a centerpiece. It arguably kind of takes a little bit of the shine away from Ariel. And then my last pick is kind of, again, a hidden gem. I think oftentimes, uh, like Dustin has said, Emperor's New Groove gets looked over and it does not get the respect it needs. Cusco yep. undergoes some of the best character development and transformation of any character that I've seen, uh, in amongst, especially amongst modern films. So those are my choices. Those are my selections. I believe it's a well-rounded body of work. I think I have classics up until modern day. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I think it's a really good snapshot of the Disney animated character universe. So there you go. Nice. nice. Perfect. All right. Have you guys ever seen Get a Horse? No. No. What is that? Oh, what? Damn, we might have to check that out. It's a really, really <laughs> good short. Yeah, we need to vote. I'm ready when you are. Of course, y'all will vote for a winner on the social media handles. But right now, it's our time. It's our time. <laughs> you know the drill. Three, two, one, point. Ready? Three, two, one, point. Ooh. So it's a tie. It's wow. a deadlock. Wow. Little tie. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. So I'll start. Dylan and I will start first because we both voted for Matt and then Matt and um, Dustin voted for me. 
So I'll I'm picking Matt because I originally wanted to pick Donald Duck. Mickey is this is a weird this is a weird one. My team is not built of my favorite Disney characters. Mickey is one of my favorites, and I really like Mufasa. I don't know if I would put Maleficent, Mufasa, and Scrooge in my favorite Disney characters, so I want to make that clear. I tried to pick characters who are really significant to the Disney culture and to the brand um, and kind of move the needle in certain directions. I didn't try to balance the team out in any way. Matt's balance, I didn't even think about it, but classic character, bad guy, sidekick, and then slept on character, it's all really well balanced out. Um, Donald Duck, I already spit the historical significance of him. Like, I would rather pick him over Mickey just because he's a little more interesting. Mickey is, of course, unequivocal first pick, but Donald Duck is really interesting as a character. Cruella is a great character. I loved 101 Dalmatians. Mm -hmm. I loved Pongo. I I thought that was a great movie, and she is a great villain. And she does get play in the parks, made like you'll see her walking around which is yeah. pretty cool and she she's cast she's never like a physical character in like the physical shows but um they'll project her on like a miss screen so that's cool sebastian can't argue with him cusco anisha and i watch that movie all the time my yes. wife and i watch that movie all the time yeah that's anisha so cusco great character good on you matt appreciate you nice dope yeah everything uh ben said um, plus like I grew up with Donald, I grew up with Sebastian and I grew up with Cruella, uh, Cusco would happen later, but like that movie is definitely one of my favorite Disney movies. That's a sleeper hit. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I watched Donald Duck cartoons as a kid. I had them on, on VHS, uh, and how many times I watched 101 Dalmatians. Um, I did not own little mermaid or actually maybe I did. Uh, I don't remember, but iconic either way. Like, especially when Sebastian is like getting all flowered up by the chef and he's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I got to get out of this situation fast. Um, yeah, man. I mean, again, 101 Dalmatians. Holy shit. What a film. I mean, right. really top to bottom. There's just so much going on um, that you might take for granted because it's a cartoon. But if you look at it, um, you know, a little bit closer for the, I, I think it's, it's a masterpiece. So yeah, good, good picks. Thank you. Nice. Well, I'll explain why I picked Ben. So I picked Ben because I really didn't see a misstep in here. And one of the things that sold me was the image of uh, our teams all together of like Mickey riding on a dragon <laughs> with a dope ass lion <laughs> strutting next to them. I can't speak very much on the fourth round uh, pick because I didn't really just know that much, but it was really interesting to hear the influences. I love Inception. So anything that's got a connection to Inception, plus in my book, plus in addition, I also just thought like fourth round, that's kind of what that round is for in a way. Like there might be some rounds that are so close neck and neck where it really does come down to what did you pick in the fourth round? But by that point, I feel like we can kind of see a little bit more of our personal taste come in. So I really didn't mind it. And you clearly had, you sold it to me. You clearly had the facts to back it up. So I didn't really see any misstep in here. Dope. Thanks. Yeah. And for my justification too, I also voted for Ben. And it wasn't necessarily that anybody lost as much as I believe that he won. Um, I think the big, because again, my mindset as well is, is, is thinking about like significant characters and, and 
some of the ones I picked, I don't necessarily like that much. Like I, like I'm not the biggest mm. like Donald Duck fan in the world. Um, but nevertheless, I recognize the great. I do. I recognize the greatness of Mickey Mouse. Like you, you, he's synonymous with Disney. Like that, that, that already sets the bar very high. And it's like everybody else, including myself, is trying to like think of like what's your body work to compare to that. And then you add in the factor of Mufasa again. Lion King is one of my favorite films as a kid, um, and Mufasa is arguably the best character in that film. Like. Better than Simba, like honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's just a matter of like once you take those two picks, which I think are such at a high level, and then it's like kind of educating me about Maleficent as well as Scrooge McDuck, and it really kind of like elevates everything else a little bit more. And then I think you guys had some some phenomenal picks. You're talking like Mulan. I want to pick Mulan, and same thing with like Genie. But um, I think if you just the body of work was kind of just was one notch above. Everybody else. I think all the the drafts were incredibly strong though. Yeah. yeah like, I think that's I think that's fair to say. So that's my justification. And it was an easy category to pick strong. So that part partly is a category because there is quite a world of amazing characters to pick from. Yeah. No mm-hmm. shortages there. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone have any honorable mentions at all? Winnie the Pooh. I love yeah. Winnie the Pooh. The new Winnie the Pooh movie, that made me cry. Like it got my heartstrings. Winnie the Pooh is just so sweet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and uh, goes on so many adventures, and I think it captures being a child because as a child you miss uh, you you kind of misunderstand so many things, and that's like the whole world of Winnie the Pooh, right? Being a kid and and <laughs> like heffalumps and woozles, right? Um, wanting that honey, yeah, and wanting that <laughs> honey, and also uh, the no pants dance, <laughs> no pants <laughs> dance, yes, yeah. I think my uh, honorable mention, I'll give it to Hook. Oh, I, love, yeah. I love Hook as a villain. Um, I think just the the Peter Pan just genre and franchise itself is incredibly important. Um, I again sh- didn't want to shoehorn into my draft, but nevertheless, I I love Hook. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's just a great villain. And another shout out to a a perfect live action film in Hook with Robin Williams <laughs> yes. and Dante so Basco. Yes. yes, so Zuko. good. Yeah, Rufio. 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 I mean that. God, talk about we should, that'll be a new a future draft is like live action remakes films and of, yeah of animated oh, yeah. anime films. But yeah, yes. that's my shout out. Have okay. you ever read Peter Pan like the original? I have not. This no. shit's weird and it's like interesting but weird. Like there's a lot of Freudian influences when it was written. I read it in a Scottish literature class. I was hella shocked that it came up, but it did. <laughs> we broke that shit down. I would suggest read it. But you gotta just like you were saying earlier, like it's one of those things you gotta come to with an intellectual mind because mm. there's like a lot of like interesting like sexual kind of stuff going on with like Freudian kind of thought and layers of your like subconscious. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dope though. Well, because yeah. isn't the girl I forget her name? Part what's her name? Uh, like in Wendy. Wendy, Wendy, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, and Peter Pan. Yep. She's like both uh, a mother and like a sister and like a something else yeah. to those kids. It's oh, confusing. Peter Pan. And Peter Pan like kills off the lost boys that like stay too long. Uh, oh, wow. There, I, there's an implication. Not it's, in the Disney one, y'all. No, no. Peter Pan yeah. does not kill people no. in Disney. It's an implication that he does it, though. It's not like... The implication. Again, not in Disney. <laughs> not in Disney. Not in the book. Yeah. It's in the book. There's an interesting thing with like a kiss thing. Like, oh, took the kiss right off her lips. Like the first kiss... So it's kind of like implying a little bit about virginity with both the mom and the daughter. Peter Pan been Shit. around for a while. It's yeah. just like forever young. <laughs> he wanna be 
Forever young. Ben, do you have an honorable mention or maybe do a you? thousand? Yeah. We'll go. Okay. Because okay. I feel like I should go last because I might have a million of them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, mine, when I picked Scar, you all heard me being like, I don't know my personal favorite or <laughs> I need the villain. Uh, Pumbaa. But, you know, it's a little hard because Pumbaa comes in like a duo. Yeah. So Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. I couldn't necessarily pick two. Felt a little bit like cheating, but man... I love the comedy relief there. And also just like such a critical point in the plot. Like Simba's just totally down and out, like exiled. I I don't really know what that character's projection would be like if they didn't, if he didn't run into the fun loving little meerkat and uh, warthog Mm -hmm. who are going to teach him Akuna Matata, this problem free philosophy. And that kind of like carries him through this rough patch, I guess. And I don't know. It'd be really interesting to think about a world without those two characters and in the live action, which yes, was real bad. In my opinion, (laughs) the funniest shit was when they went off the original script and that was with Timon and Pumbaa with Seth Rogen and Billy. Hilarious. (laughs) Billy Billy Eichner. (laughs) Yes. It was so funny. Like I kind of forgot about the scene, which is in the animated one, if I'm not mistaken, where, they're like singing and, and all the animals are coming out. And then all of a sudden Nala comes out of nowhere and they're like, Oh my fucking God, like a lion. But that shit in the theaters, I might've been very intoxicated for that. <laughs> but in the theaters, I was crying from laughter. I was just like dying. And it was because it was Seth Rogen's voice in this, like they almost set like a GoPro on top of like a moving thing. So you just see this shaking image Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, this is so funny. I laughed for like five minutes straight. Like the scene had ended and I still would like break into laughter. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't get over it. Uh, yeah, but that is one of my honorable mentions. I could keep going, but. You don't want to keep going? You don't have any more? Well, like. <laughs> Okay, I do have more. Well, I was going to say that the uh, I did mention Luis the Crocodile earlier. Yeah. There's a couple from that. I, like I said, I, I really like the history and everything, and I actually think that... Uh, what's the what's the princess's name in that one? In Princess, princess and, and the, the Frog. Frog. Tiana? Tiana. Yeah, I actually really liked her character. I thought like the, the cooking part, like I don't know, it got me. I felt like a little just heartbroken for this character that couldn't open up their restaurant in the beginning and was like serving all these rich white people and was doing all this stuff. So I was like, Oh man. So I don't know. That was, that was one of mine. Um, I have my list right here. It's easy to forget really, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, Zootopia actually thought was really interesting. I thought that one, uh, that one was kind of hard to pick the characters. I put Judy Hopps like the protagonist, but see, I think Nick Wilde is the better character. Yeah, in that movie. it was hard for me to decide. Honestly, I just that one also got criticisms of like, oh my gosh, like I don't know if it like fully tackles that topic rightly. But hey, they gave it a shot, and at least it got a conversation starting. It's very provocative, like thought provoking. You. I don't know. It yeah. dives into it. I mean, again, it, it goes with like you can critique anything. Yep. But for the medium that they're presenting it to. Yep. Like really, how much better could it be in hindsight? Yep. Because when you're going into something, you have to make decisions. And are you mm-hmm. going to sit on something and hold it for months and months making little tweaks because this much of that great movie is like, OK, they kind of missed this part. But it's like, yeah, but you get the fucking message. Mm-hmm. You yeah. get the point. So it's I, two hours. Yeah, it's it's like you can't tell that whole history 
in two fucking hours. Yeah. Like, there's so much that they're trying to comment on, but it still comes across as, like, well-developed and very full. It's not like a flat movie where it's like, they just drop the ball. Yeah. I totally agree, Ben. Yeah, and they're doing a Disney Plus show on Zootopia so that they can explore the different places within Zootopia and the different systems. That's so cool. So, I mean... Hold your fucking critique, people. <laughs> I thought it was a great movie. It was a great yeah. movie. Yeah. Nick Wilde. Do you have any more? Are you good? I'm, I'm, I'm passing it off to you. I'm passing it off to you. <laughs> I think Stitch needs an honorable mention. Yes. Yep, yep. Because Stitch is the last animated movie that has a, a less structured storyline. Right? Because John Lasseter takes over Disney animation around the time of Stitch and he was not a fan of that type of model of movie. He didn't mm. like he didn't like Elvis being in the movie. Even though Elvis is very culturally relevant in Hawaii. Yeah. Like they love him. The first broadcast concert in history came from Hawaii and it was Elvis. Wow. Yeah. So I think a lot of people sleep on Lilo and Stitch, but I know it's phenomenal. Like co- like coaching wise between this the athletes I had between 2012 in 2018, overwhelmingly said Stitch was their favorite character. Because mm. I remember talking Disney with them all the time out of track. And so many times it was like, oh, Stitch. And I'd never thought about Stitch. But you go to the parks, Stitch is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You see, like, the Disney, like, the Funko Pops, shit downstairs in my choir of over 100, I have, like, four or five Stitch. Mm. Because he's prominent. They put him in so many different roles. He's a very fun character, a moldable character. His ride fucking sucks at Disney World, but they're getting rid of it, so... He doesn't have to be associated with that. <laughs> Shout out to the Cheshire Cat yep. in yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Brilliant nice. character, wise character, witty character. Um, really like makes that movie a little more tolerable. It adds a little bit of levity. Mm. Like That character adds a little levity and guidance for uh, Alice. Tinkerbell has to be shouted out because mm-hmm. she was like, although she was kind of sassy and, and extremely jealous and hot-tempered, like she was a bold character back in back in the 50s Mm. um and she's super prevalent now Mm -hmm. like she's one of the like icon like like really she probably should have been picked because she is an icon level like s-tier character she's used in everything they've made like spin-off fairy world shit with her so she's big and then i think my last two honorable mentions because we could go on and on and on we could Mine are going to be a combo, Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio. Damn, yeah. Jiminy Cricket is the conscious of Disney. Like, When You Wish Upon a Star, like, that is, like, the unofficial theme song of Disney. Like, you hear it at every fireworks show. Mm. Um, Let your conscience be your guide. And Pinocchio is a great character. That movie, so Disney produces Snow White, and then... After Snow White was a huge success, they produced three movies at the same time, Fantasia, Pinocchio, um, and Bambi. And all three of those end up not doing so great because of the war, so the international market is cut off from them. But Pinocchio holds up. The the style of animation is amazing. The different geographies that they go through throughout the movie had never been done before. Um, That movie and that character are both so well done by Disney. Like, I know they made some Jonathan Jonathan Taylor Thomas live-action bullshit back in the day. Get that (laughs) fucking shit out of here. We ain't got time for that. Disney's Pinocchio is perfect. He's a cute character, and I know my my mom's favorite character is Pinocchio. She's like, Pinocchio! (laughs) 
Yes. When we'd walk through Disneyland, she would just yell his name. Just, where's Pinocchio? <laughs> Your mom and That's my dad awesome. need to hang out. She'll be Pinocchio, and my dad will be like, score! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So those are all of our honorable mentions. Ooh, can I do one more? Yeah. Okay. I want to throw, a, first of all, Jiminy Cricket. Talk about rising to the occasion. Dude, like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, yes. <laughs> like He I, travels through the ocean to he, go find Pinocchio. He does. I rewatched <laughs> that recently. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, he was just kind of hanging out before, you know, struggling. And <laughs> he got a fancy pair of shoes and a nice coat and a top hat. And he was ready to go. He was ready to Let's go. Let's go. I'll um, knock your block off. <laughs> <laughs> he, talk about ride or die. Jiminy Cricket should have been on a list. Um, That's a failing of mine. Uh, Okay. I want to shout out. To Treasure Planet, definitely uh, an underrated Disney film that I did not understand when it came out. Like, I really didn't get it. And I rewatched it recently, and I finally understood it for, for what it is. And it's really just a coming-of-age film of a boy kind of growing into a man. Way better than Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, I love Atlantis, but it <laughs> is... Atlantis is just a goofy kind of adventure film. This is like an actual, like, growth a film about growth and even like the main antagonist, you can like this guy. You can tell that he has done horrible things, but like he grow, he develops a bond with the main character and, and becomes honestly a good or decent person because of that bond. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that was hard to understand when I was a kid and may have been confusing for kids to see. And that maybe that lent it to, it's like, less popular appeal but um yeah great film and great characters oh yeah good shout out good shout out all right y'all that's gonna do it we we tied here in the studio mm -hmm. matt and i tied i respect the votes but we need y'all to vote yep get at us on the social medias at Draftmore on twitter uh the uh mount draft it's mount Draftmore podcast on facebook <laughs> 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 Matt came in so fast. <laughs> I know he was Sorry. seamless. That was what I expected. Bam, and then. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Point to me again. I'm ready. <laughs> At Mount Draftmore on Instagram. Yes, please let us know. Settle the score. It's tied. We need your help. Yeah. We really do. And give us some. Give us some suggestions for stuff you want to hear us draft. Mm -hmm. We want to know. Oh, and tell us your teams. Of course, we want to yeah. know your top four. Yes, mm -hmm. please. Also. Uh, make sure to follow, like, follow us. Uh, save that RSS feed, y'all. Make sure to keep track of the new episodes coming out. Like, like and subscribe. Like, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. That's right. Leave a comment. All <laughs> that shit. Peace out. Be safe. <laughs>